Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Thank you, Jesus. Success, success, success stories. Ooh. Glory to the name of Jesus. Mm. Yeah. understand how important coming through and being successful is. You born with a silver spoon in your mouth. You don't understand the struggles that people go through who were not. Your family's been perfect all of their days. You don't understand what it is to come from an imperfect family with a lot of struggles, a lot of warfare, a lot of tension. So maybe you can't praise God like folk who understand. But there are people who understand what it is to go through. Yeah. If you were never counted out, you don't know what it's like to come on the other side and find out that God counted you in. I remember one of one of one of our neighbors and I don't know what issue she had with me, but she 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 said to my grandmother, she said that boy will never come of anything in his life. Well, her grandson she raised is dead in the grave. His body has rotted, and I'm still here. I didn't do it, but God did it. People can speak things over your life that's not the truth. People can think things, and this is not about me. I don't, the Lord just gave me this message, and, and I didn't get up here to say all of this. I have uh, some notes here that, that, that I had written out. But, but some people will speak things over you and against you. Yeah, but what people say doesn't, doesn't really matter. It's what God says that, that really matters, you know. And hey. My, 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 my. Anyway, and let me share with you briefly what the Lord shared with me, I think. I think we've already been blessed. I can get a little addiction to go home. Oh. Yes, 
thank you for ministering that, that song. You know, when we look at life, there are, there are many things wrong in life, in our lives. We just, uh, Brother Jonathan just was praying about America. I didn't watch the news yesterday because so many things were going on. And my wife asked me this morning if I heard about the mass shooting in, in Texas. Uh, and there have been mass shootings. Uh, seemed like every day this week lately. Along with the many, many other things that, that go wrong in this country that's supposed to be. And I, and I will say, of all of the places that I visited in the world, I, I, I would still rather live in the United States. Because everywhere you go, there's trouble. We got our trouble. Just that sometimes we're so lifted up in pride that some of us don't see the struggles that and the problems that are that are in this nation. And the sad part about it is when when people uh, equate nationalism with with faith and, and begin to push nationalism. And when we say nationalism, we're dealing with Basically, people who take pride in, in being American and, 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 and just all of the focus is on America and, and being the best country in the world. And, and we should thank God for being here in America, but you can't, you can't tie Christianity to nationalism. You can't, you can't say that if you, if you say anything against this country that you're not, that you're not a Christian or something like that. Uh, nationalism is a cult. Anyway, but there are a lot of things, a lot of things that, that, that go wrong in life. There are a lot of struggles that, that we face. There are a lot of people who are against us. And Satan, Satan attacks us on every front in life. If you haven't been attacked by the enemy, you will be. Sometimes people don't recognize that, that it's Satan that's doing the attacking, but it's really him. A lot of, a lot of the conflicts we have in our homes and in our families and in relationships, Satan is really spurring that thing on. And sometimes, you know, we begin to attack the person and not really realizing what the root of the problem really is. It's not really that person, but it's the enemy who is provoking and, and stirring up conflict. And, and so we have, to, we have to realize that, you know, for, for the believer, uh, we have to remember that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heaven and high places. So the forces of evil are all around us in the atmosphere. Satan is the prince of the power of the air. And, you know, if you're really a, a person of faith, then that's one of the things that, that you must believe. You know, many times... When I'm sitting and, and meditating and talking and, uh, to people, one of the things I realize is that for some people, they equate Christianity with church and what they experience in the building. When, when faith is really a personal relationship with God, a God who, can, you can, who you can relate to personally and who wants to relate to you personally. And... You can't necessarily equate him simply with, with 
going to a building uh, to worship, you know. So consequently, you really can't join the church. It's like Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Church of God in Christ used to sing that song. You can't join in. You got to be born in the church of God in Christ. Yeah, and, uh, you know, sometimes we don't realize that. So we join a group of people just like we join the fraternity or the sorority or, or, or another community group. We join and we pay our membership dues and there's no relationship with, with, with the Lord. Uh, and, and consequently, you know, we don't recognize a lot of things that we should recognize in the spiritual realm. So people will just stop coming to the fellowship of believers because they, 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 there's a disconnect with people uh, and they have equated people with God. Yeah, and so they have a problem with a person and they separate from the fellowship of believers, the body of Christ. Uh, so, you know, a lot, of, a lot of things that I think people really need to sit down and, and think about. Um, I, actually, I, said, I said to you that, that I was going to ask our ministerial association to, to study, uh, to read the book uh, Urban Apologetics. And I was in the meeting on Thursday and I did that. And I said to them, um, you know, if we really believe uh, that Jesus Christ is the only way to God, the only way for salvation, then we have to be concerned about all people. And I said, uh, the problem, the problem that we are experiencing in our community, we did not create alone. The church, the quote unquote body of Christ uh, created these problems and they're problems that we can't fix alone. We need the entire body. Of Christ. We need our Caucasian brothers and sisters to join us in this struggle uh, that we're in. Uh, uh, and we have to see ourselves as, as, as being the body of Christ because if we don't, we just think that, that being a Christian is connecting to a building and there's no personal relationship with Christ. We won't make the connection that other people need to connect with Christ and then those of us who are on the other side who said that Christianity is a white man's religion will not make the connection that Christianity has nothing to do with black or white or red or yellow or blue or brown or green. It is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's a lot going on that I know that we're not going to solve, but we have to do our part in, in solving, and we have to see and understand, yeah, that, that there is an enemy that we're dealing with. We have to see, we have to understand that there is an enemy that we're dealing with. Every one of us who names the name of Jesus, who claims him as our Savior and our Lord, has to understand that we have an enemy that we're dealing with. And that enemy does not pick and choose. Yeah, he's not picking one ethnicity over another. In every ethnicity, there are problems, there are situations, there are struggle, struggles. Satan doesn't, in, doesn't just focus on black people. 
Salem focuses on white, green, red, yellow, blue, whatever color you may be, uh, if, if, uh, of your skin tone or even your hair color, if it's purple or, or red or, or yellow. He doesn't care. He doesn't pick. He doesn't choose. So, so in life, we have problems. We have problems. We have problems. Satan is on the attack on every front of life. Our families, anybody having any family struggles, you don't have to raise your hand. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to raise your hand. You know what you're going through in your life, uh, in your houses, in your finances. You know, he, he attacks, he attacks. Uh, your health, Satan attacks, amen. Your children, and if you don't have any children, you plan to have children, just know that the devil is going to attack your children. Yeah, yeah. But amid all of that, God wants us to see that there are many success stories in life. Amen. In the lives of his people. Even in our own lives, there are success stories. There are success stories. Are you listening? Yeah, there are success stories. Amen. In the scriptures, there are many, many, many success stories. But you have to read them from the standpoint of success stories. You know, because we are indoctrinated in in the faith and what we've heard many times when we read we read from the perspective of what we've heard in the past so we're reading hebrews chapter 11 we're here in faith but what we need to hear also is success we need to hear success amen uh, as we look at things that hap that have happened to african americans down through the years to deter us and to cause us to feel like we're second-class citizens or to cause us to, to feel like we're inferior people, uh, people living under a curse, determined, uh, are condemned to be less than the best. Uh, there are still many, many, many success stories in our history. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, we, 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 we relegate Black History Month to one month of the year, but we really need to be talking about the success stories among our people and our own families down through the years. My, 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 my great-grandfather, amen, was a businessman and, and, and owned property and owned land. And, and so on my mother's side of the family, we weren't necessarily the poorest of the poor because of what the slave master, who you might want to condemn him for being the slave master, but at least he thought about his black children. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he willed my great-great-grandfather 1,100 acres of land. You know, as bad as slavery was, at least he thought everybody didn't, didn't do that. But then I was, I was talking with one of my great-nephews yesterday, and uh, brothers, we have to have conversations with our with our, with our, the males in our families. And just talking to him about graduating from, from high school, I had a conversation with him uh, some time ago and uh, trying to encourage him uh, to, to, to think about his future. So, but yesterday his mother came to me and she said, please, please talk to my son. And so I sat down and went in his room and sat down on, uh, and she on the side of the bed with him and just sat and just talked about his plans for his future. And, 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 and you know, just hearing this young man, seeing him grow up and, and, and seeing, uh, knowing the struggles that he's gone through in his life, um, seeing the potential. You know, sometimes 
in our communities. Uh, we can see good in people, but if we don't reach out and try to help direct them, then they get caught up in the cycle of what other young people are being caught up in. And they just go with the flow. And so I was talking to him about his plans. And, and listen, there's nothing wrong with, well, let me say this, and I'm not speaking against anybody, all right? But there's better in life. Can somebody say better? So I said, what are you going to do when you graduate? He said, well, my aunt, one of my sisters, says she'd get me a job where she's working at. I said, okay. I said, but what do you want to do? I said, we, we've had conversations before about your future. What do you really want to do? And I went on to say, I said, son, I said, don't get stuck. I said, you can stay here and you can go to work uh, and doing this thing and, and, and at this job and you can make money, uh, but then you get stuck. You have other goals and other plans, but you, you get a job and you get stuck and you stay in an environment that's, that's not good. You're associating with, with young, young guys that are, that, are, that, that are caught up in drugs and some of them are your family members, you know. It's not good. It's just not good. You'll get stuck and you won't be able to, to go on to do the things. And then he started talking about what he wanted to do. And I said, well, when you're doing that, how are you going to take care of yourself? Well, my grandmother said, I said, okay, son, uh, being a man does not mean that you depend on grandmama to take care of you. Uh, and, 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 and grandmamas, you love your grandchildren. Mothers, you love your boys, but they have to be men. And, and they need to be men who are ready to take care of daughters who are, who are ready to raise families. It's more to being a parent than getting a girl pregnant and having a baby. We all know that. We all know that. It's more to being a parent than bringing a baby into this world. And, and, and we don't think about all of the other stuff. And so we just kept talking and kept talking, and I suggested some things to him and said, you got to think about this. I said, you know, I realized that he didn't have his father in his life. And I said, but you got, you got me. You got my phone number. You got other uncles and great uncles that are around you that you need to access. You need to talk. You need to begin to talk. I said, have you had this? He said, well, I, I, I haven't talked to grandmama. Here go grandmama again. My sister, I love my sister, and she loves her grandchildren. But let me tell you, our boys need granddaddy. Our boys need uncles. Are you listening to me? Thank God for mothers who did the very best that they could do and sometimes played the role of mother and father, but our boys need some positive men in their lives. So I just began to talk to him about what I went through as a child and, and you know, what my father was not able to give me, but because he gave me what my daddy gave me that was the greatest thing that he could give me was he gave me a faith in Christ. My daddy raised us in the church. My daddy taught me how to pray. My daddy, my daddy, you didn't stay in our house and not go to church on Sunday. Or even Sunday school. You just didn't do that. You didn't even, my mama would slip and let us iron clothes on Sunday morning. But daddy, for daddy, this is the Lord's day. You don't do any work. So you better iron your clothes before Sunday morning 
So the Sunday morning comes, you got to be ready to go. Now, mind you, now there, there are 10 children in the house at the same time. So if all of us are getting up, ironing clothes on Sunday morning, then that's going to that's gonna delay the whole process. And so, you know, Daddy, he gave me, and I said, you know, what my father gave me, he taught me to work. He gave me a work ethic. He, he, we had to get up and go to the field, and we had to go to work. You know, I didn't like plowing. I was determined I wasn't going to plow. But give me a hoe. I would keep my daddy's waterbed and patch clean. I would, but I wasn't walking behind that mule. My daddy, my oldest brother, walked behind that mule, and people would call him to plow up that garden. No, that was not me. I wasn't walking behind that mule. So I messed up my daddy's field one day when he was determined he was going to teach me to plow. I said, I'm not learning to plow. Now I'll do everything else now. But he gave me a work ethic. And I said, you know, you, you, you may not have had someone to give you that, but, but you got to see this for your own children. You got to think. You got to think in the future. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm just going. Okay, you got to think future. You got to think if, you're gonna, if you have children and you're going to have children, you got to think future. What are you going to give them? I said, if you get stuck working at this job and then you got one child, two child, two, three, four... You're stuck now. All of your other plans that you have, you're not going to be able to fulfill those plans because you're stuck. So right now, while you're a young man, you got to think ahead. You got you to think. And when I finished talking to him, I don't know how long we talked, he got up from the bed and he smiled and he hugged me. He said, thank you, Uncle Alfred. I said, now you got my number. You keep calling me because I want you to have a plan for your future. I want you to have a plan for your future. We can talk about all of the problems in our communities, but if we are not addressing the problems starting right at home with our own children and our grandchildren, our nieces, our nephews, our great nieces, our great nephews, even children that may not even be related to us, but God has brought us into contact with them. One of the things that we've lost in the quote-unquote, black community is the sense of community. So we're so busy now taking care of our own selves that we don't really have time for anybody else. And it takes time to spend time with somebody else's child. It takes time. And so, you know, I thank God for being raised in the community that I was raised in in a time when people had the time to sit and talk. When the older men in the community took time to share with us, young men. Now, all of us didn't do the very best that we could, but some of us did. There are success stories in many of our lives. When I look at my classmates, there are success stories in many of our lives. Amen. So, so in the midst of this world that we're living in, where African Americans are considered uh, uh, to be second class still, that's still success stories. We got to look at the success stories, amen? We got to see the success stories. And, um, you know, sometimes, excuse me, viewing our history can be like looking at a forest, okay? In a forest, if we only look at the individual trees, we'll miss the forest that God has created and, we will, and, and, and that God has blessed. We'll miss the beauty of the whole forest if we just look at the individual 
trees. Amen. We miss the beauty of that forest and all of the intricate details and the and complexities of that forest. When I was a, a younger, when I was younger and at home, I loved to walk through the woods and I would just go through the woods. And you know, then you get a chance to see the ferns and to see the flowers and you see the hills and the gullies and the flatlands and 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 the, the ditches and you see springs of water all in the forest. But if I'm if I'm standing back and I'm just trying to look at the individual trees, I will miss the beauty of the forest. And then sometimes riding in an airplane, when you're low enough and you ride and you can look down and you can see uh, the various hues of tree colors, even with greenery, you know, there are different colors of green. And you look down, you see the beauty of what God has created. Amen. And even, even with the problems that may come with the forest, even in times of drought, there's also times of abundant rain. Amen? That's a part of the, of the outworking of what God has created. Even in times when there are forest fires that are not started by human beings, lightning strikes. Amen? There's a purpose in the fire. There's a purpose in the fire. It burns up the undergrowth. Amen. It may burn down and, and burn down trees, but it but it clears the land so that new growth can take place. You know, but you, you can't get stuck at looking at the individual trees and, and looking at the problems of life. There are successes that you have to look at. You have to look at. You have to look at. And, and our history is like that. Uh, negative things, hurtful things, bad things have happened, but God has a way in his divine providence and suffering outworking of things to take those bad and those hurtful and those evil and those negative things and make them work together for good to those who love him and are the called according to his purposes. Now, you know, when I think about this, and I'm not, I am not excusing any of the work of the enemy. I am not excusing the fact that there are people who have uh, uh, who have turned their backs on Jesus because of what they've seen in the quote unquote church? That's not the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, one of the things that Dr. Mason mentioned, I've said this several things in it several times. Dr. Mason talks about the raw form of Christianity, and and so we got to get back to biblical Christianity and and not look at color, not look at black, white, red, yellow, green. Amen. And we have to appreciate. We have to appreciate what God has done in us, you know. In this process, people have rejected uh, our traditional worship because it seems ignorant. It seems uh, undignified, you know. It's, it's undignified to go to church and to dance and to shout and, and to yell. But who said it was undignified? Who said it? Amen. When you go to Africa and you see people worshiping in traditional settings, they dance. Uh, and one of the most blessed experiences I've, I've had, uh, there was one group of church we were working with, working with group of churches, and when I was when I would be getting ready to go, I would the the choir master would ask me for the scripture and the theme for the conference because they would take the scripture and they would develop a song and a dance, not just a song. They would develop a dance to go along with that scripture. They would take that scripture and they would make it into a song. And if they were, and as they were singing the song, they would demonstrate it, amen, through their movement. And movement is a part of us, amen? It's just, you know, it's just a part of us. We're going to move, you know, and we're going to move with, 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 with rhythm, amen? Amen. 
Amen. It's just a part of us, you know. And 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 so so some of us who who when you one of one of uh, one of our bishops, uh, Bishop um, Luther, did a history of of uh, his his father grandfather was one of the bishops of the Church of Christ Holiness, I believe, or the Holiness Church, Bishop of the Holiness Church, and and he. Does this history, and when you begin to look at how, when we came out of slavery, our people were trying to make sense of Christianity. Uh, so you had those uh, who felt that uh, those of us who were educated felt that you know, singing, dancing, uh, moving, being spirit-filled, all of that was 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 beneath them. So you have this separation when you have people leaving the Baptist church, you know, and think about now, think about what we've been taught in America uh, that did not come from our ancestors. Uh, and even today, you go to Africa, you can tell those churches that have been, that have been uh, uh, um, I don't want to say it, but whitewashed. <laughs> Amen. It's very evident. It's, it's very evident. Because when missionaries went, they took with them their form of Christianity. Their form of worship. You know, so, so, so it was undignified for a, way, for a lady to, to, to sit in worship and worship and to feed her baby. But in their culture, there was nothing undignified about that. We got all of these, all of these perverted sexual ideas from being associated with the people that we were associated right here in America. You know, so I can, I'm sitting at the dinner table with the pastor and his wife, and his wife starts feeding her baby, which is just a natural thing. There was nothing undignified about it. But if I had a Western mindset, I'm, I, and my mind was, cover yourself up because I can't stand the... So a lot of stuff didn't come from our ancestry. Amen. And, and we have experienced a lot of stuff. And it's not just African-Americans in America. It's, you know, for those of you, uh, for, for, for blacks, for Africans who were, who were on the islands, if you will, they didn't experience some of the same stuff that Africans experienced on mainland USA. It just didn't happen. Then it happened. If you if you grew up in Africa, you didn't experience the same type of racist society that our ancestors experienced right here in the United States of America. You just didn't do it because you were in a predominantly black society, and you were accepted. So you grew up with a different mindset. You know, you look at you look at you go into Liberia and you see little children who are on the streets selling. We think that's so bad, but one of the things what's happening is they're teaching their children from a young age how to work and how to survive. They know how to start a business. They know how to manage a business. So here we are in America, and and things have been given to us. You know, we have to work on the fields, but once we come out of the fields, then we start owning stuff, and then here comes Reconstruction and the Jim Crow era to take back from us what has been given to us or what, what belongs to us, you know. And then during the war, when they, when they, when they come up with, with the welfare system, you know, and, 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 and public housing and what have you, and then we got a system now where 
uh, we, we're, we're, it's intended to help people get on their feet, but then the more babies you have, the more money you get, you know, and then whereas we used to, when a person had a child, the family took care of them, now we just go down to DSS and sign up so you can get a check. And we're not thinking in our minds what that's doing to our children. But there's someone who does. There's a, there's a spirit who knows what he's doing. Satan knows exactly what he's doing. Satan knows exactly what he's doing. Even saints, saints, even, you know, I know a lot of us are Democrats, and thank God for, for what the Democrats have done uh, for, through all of the work. But there's that's some serious issues that we are approving and we're voting for that toast goes totally against God. You talk about the raw form of Christianity? Where people come to faith in Jesus and knowing that Jesus, I don't mean to be political because I don't like the Republicans either, so ask me, give me another political party. But there's just some stuff that's going on. How do you fight for children five, six, seven, eight years old for laws to be passed so that they can determine what their gender is supposed to be. How do you fight for this? You know, abortion is bad enough, but when you look at all of the other stuff that's going on that's undermining society, and some of us have no stand on the issue. Some of us feel like, well, I guess so. Children have a right to decide. They're still they're in their formative years. How do they know what to decide? Why did God make you the parent? Why did God give you wisdom if, he, if you got it? Why, why, why? And listen, these are not always people who are outside of what we say, quote unquote, is the Christian faith. These are people right in the Christian faith who have no stand. Don't stand at all. I was talking to a lady one day, and she said her granddaughter brought her friend by, and friend uh, uh, didn't know or had decided she was going to be something else. And, and she spoke to her as one thing. She said, oh, no, no, that's not who I am. And she said, I wasn't offensive. She said, but when I finished with her that day, my granddaughter never came back talking that kind of stuff to me again. You see, there are ways that we can deal with things in the faith that doesn't have to be offensive to people who are still trying to figure things out. At a certain age, you're still trying to figure things out and, and you need someone to speak into your life and to speak life in you, not to go along with you and what you are doing that is destructive. A lot of negative things have happened in our history. A lot of hurtful things. God wants us to see that not only see the bad things uh, that happen in life, God not only wants us to see the evil and the devastating things that happens in life, 
God wants us to take time to look at, to gaze upon, to meditate on the successes of life. John, John, and John, and third John, chapter, third John 2, uh, John speaks the heart of God. John says, dear friends, I pray that you enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting well. We know the King James. Uh, I pray that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So when, we, when I read that, I hear God saying, God wants me to prosper. He does. He does. He does. God wants me to prosper. You know, I was thinking about you. I've said, I've said uh, in a couple of sermons over the past few weeks, I've mentioned, you know, the inordinate attention that, that people today are given to being millionaires. I don't have anything against people being, being a millionaire. Be a millionaire, but don't give it inordinate attention because the love of money is the root of all evil. We have to keep things in balance, you know, and we have to understand that even if I never become a millionaire, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And God has given me greater things to focus on than just money. That's all I'm saying. You know, you just can't, you can't focus on money. You can't focus on an individual. You can't focus on a career. You got to focus on God and put everything else in that focus. God wants us to prosper. God wants us to do well in life. He does not want us to feel like we're inferior. You are just as good as the next person. If you want to, you may want to qualify good, but, but God does not want you to feel inferior to the next person. Amen. You have abilities. You have capabilities that, 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 that you have. You may not be able to do what I can do, and I may not be able to do what you can do, but God has blessed you, and God wants you to prosper in the things that he's given you to prosper in. God even wants you to grow. He doesn't want you to stay at the same level of life all of the time, but keeping things in perspective, amen, that as I grow, God will always be my God, and the more he gives me, the more I can give back to him. I'm not getting more just simply for me to have a bigger house, a bigger car, a, a, a bigger bank account. I'm getting more, amen, so that I can give more to fund the work of the kingdom. And in the process, I'm going to have more. God says to Joshua, God says to Joshua as he prepares him to lead the Hebrew people into the promised land. Uh, be strong. Be very courageous. Be careful to obey the, all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Can somebody say successful? God wants you to be successful. He wants you to be a success story. Not just a success story in your family, but a success story in your neighborhood. A success story on your job. A success story in your community. Amen. God wants you to be successful. Amen. He says, keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you might may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So success is not absent from the Bible. Success is not absent from faith, amen? And as I said, there are many success stories in the Bible, amen? So let us know 
that God wants us to prosper, that God wants us to do well in life, that God wants us to succeed. For that reason, he's given us examples of success stories in the scripture that we can read. Can somebody say read? It's not just enough for you to hear about it, but you need to read the stories for yourself. Amen? You got you to gotta take time to read the stories for yourself. It's, it's something when you're sitting alone uh, and, and, and you just read it. You're meditating and you're reading. It's something about how Holy Spirit just makes things alive. Just like I was reading the scripture earlier. I mean, I read the scripture all of the time. But when, 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 I, when, I, got to that, when I got to that point uh, that said uh, weakness Turn into strength. That, that hit me at a special place in my mind and in my spirit. So you could be reading something over and over again, but there's a time when you're sitting and you're reading and it just becomes rhema to you. It becomes special to you. You know, I can hear it just like you heard me say it, but once you go back and read it for yourself, it takes on a different meaning. That's why you got to read the scripture you got to read the scripture. Do you, do you realize, I was watching this, this reel the other day. Sometimes I watch reels because some of them are funny. There's this one reel I like to watch where this man is dressed up as a wolf and he scares dogs. <laughs> Anybody ever seen that thing? Yeah, he, he, well, one dog, he had to run from the dog. But, <laughs> but that, that thing is so funny. So, 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 so I'm, I'm, I was watching, just watching this reel and there are people out on the beach. And, and so this one couple comes out and they're running fast. And people are looking around to see what happened. All of a sudden, somebody else starts running. They didn't see anything. But because everybody was running, they started running. Now, now, I guarantee you, I don't know, but I guarantee you, many people who have adopted the philosophy that Christianity is the white man's religion, have never sat down and read for themselves and studied the book. Because what we tend to do is that we take what other people say and we run with it. We see somebody else running and we don't investigate. We just run with it. Because someone said it. Now, you know, I can go back and I can talk about my family history. I can talk about what I know about how growing up in Blair, South Carolina, hearing the stories that my grandmother told and my mother told about how white people treated black people and how there were some black people who felt that white is right. If you're white, you're right. If you're black, get back. I mean, that's so much stuff that went on in our communities and not just in Blair, but all black communities. Unless you grew up in a black community, you don't understand it. You can't understand it. Uh, but 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 someone I could I could tell you the stories. And 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 consequently, when I went to seminary and 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 got introduced to pan-Africanism, I could have easily shifted over to begin to think that there's something wrong with Christianity. But I had enough foundation in the scripture. You know, I, I, I had enough foundation in the Not what daddy told me, not what the preacher told me, but for studying for myself. 
that I knew that I couldn't leave the faith and I couldn't adopt the philosophy that Christianity was a white man's religion because I know that my God is a spirit. Amen. I know that 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 Jesus was born in a Hebrew family. I know that there are no there were no pictures painted of Jesus when he was alive. So the pictures that they draw of him has nothing to do with him. So I knew enough stuff not to be shifted over. It could have been easy, but guess what? What I knew came from what I studied. And what God revealed. And being around the right people who said the right things. Now think about people who just run with the crowd. They see somebody running with something. And it sounds good. And they run with it. We have our problems. We do. And we didn't create all of the problems. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't create the problems that we're seeing today. As much as many of us are successes, we've done well in life, we still have our problems in our communities that need to be addressed. And it's going to take us addressing them. You know what happened during the civil rights movement? We got some freedoms and we start moving up and many of us forgot those that were left behind. We forgot struggle. And so we get people on the Supreme Court who say (laughs) we don't need affirmative action anymore. It's reverse discrimination. When you got where you got to because of we forgot where we came from. Saints You may be sitting in this congregation saying, Pastor, how does this relate to me? I'm not in a place of influence. Yes, you are. You have some children in your house or some grandchildren or some great-grandchildren, some nieces and some nephews. You're in a place of influence. How are you using your influence? How are you using your influence? You're saying, I'm talking and it's not doing any good. Keep talking. It's doing some good. You're planting some seeds. You got to understand, amen, that, 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 that we are spiritual beings, amen. We're not just physical beings. You got to understand that God is in control, that God is working. So we know that when the word of God is sown, it's going to so, be sown into good soil sometimes. It's going to take root. It's going to grow. It's going to produce fruit. But when the fruit starts being, when you start bearing fruit, Remember to take seed and keep planting. Don't forget and don't eat the seed. God wants us to know there are many success stories. Many success stories. Yeah. Yeah. Many success stories. Yeah. I posted on Facebook the other day. And some of you probably saw it. Someone sent that to me and it really blessed me. Forget all the reasons why you can't do something and believe the one reason why you can. You know, if you keep looking at all the problems, you will never go forward. It's like looking in the rear view mirror. You can't drive forward looking at the rear, looking in the rear view mirror. Only so far you can go. How many of you are good people who are back, who good, 
backers uppers. Just a few. The one, two, three, four, five. Thank God for reverse cameras. I'm going to back up cameras. Oh. <laughs> Thank God for backup cameras. But a lot of people, when you start backing up, you're swerving. You can't, you can't go forward if you keep your eyes in the rear. My brothers and sisters, we've got to go forward. And we've got to take, bring some people along with us. Okay? We can't forget our communities. We can't forget because we're able to live certain places, work certain places, do certain things. We can't forget those that need to come along as well. As we're successful, we should want other, other people to be successful. Why do you think God put these accounts in the Bible? One scripture said, these things are written for your admonition and for your instruction. So that he, these things are not written to, just to warn us, but in a way is a warning. But now, now, think about it. These things are what? Written. These things are what? So how do you find out what's written? Got to read it. Got to read it. Someone says, I have to read. Somebody said, I don't like reading. Oh, you don't? God put these things here because these success stories, these success stories will encourage us as we press through the struggles of our lives. So when I see the children of Israel at the Red Sea, and the armies of Israel of, of Egypt are behind them, and the water is in front of them. But God is the one who parts the waters so that they can walk across on dry ground. That encourages me when my enemy is behind me and I can't see a way forward. There is a God in heaven. There's a God who rules the universe. There's a God who is among us who will part the Red Sea for me. Whatever that sea is so that I can go across. And guess what? On dry ground. Dry ground. So God is able to take mucky and miry situations and dry them up just for you to get across. And when your enemy tries to follow you, God will cause them to get stuck in the mud that you walked over. That's the God we serve. So, so these stories are written they're given to us, these accounts, these success stories are given to us to encourage us. Yes, we're going to have problems. Yes, people are going to die. You can't die because somebody died. You can't give up because somebody else gave up. Are you listening to me? You can't quit your job because the supervisor mistreated someone else. You better stay there and work. You don't know what God is doing in that person's life and in that person's situation. God does things that we will never fully understand. God has a way of doing things and working out his sovereign will in our lives that we will never understand. And sometimes we won't appreciate it because we're looking through a dim glass and we don't see clearly 
God is doing. So we've got to trust him. Got to trust him. Success stories gives us strategies to to press through to our own successes. So when I'm reading, I'm reading the children of Israel just doing great. You know, when you study liberation theology, you really look at the Hebrew people and, and what God did for them. And that's where liberation theology begins to come from. Okay? A lot of white theologians reject liberation theology, but it is a legitimate form of theology because it's biblical. God delivers his people. So you get to Jericho. God says, somebody say God says. I want you to go around that wall one time a day for six days. Don't say a word. You know, get your, get your priests, get the ram's horns, get the armies, march around the wall. Jericho is straightly shut up, securely shut up. Sometimes your situation seems like it's, it's just shut up. It seems like no, nothing can come in, nothing can go out. You're just, you're just bound. But God has a strategy that he has revealed in one of the stories of success. On the sixth, on the seventh day, march around six times on the seventh time. Tell the priest to blow the horns and tell the people to shout. God's strategy. They did what God said do, and the walls fell down flat. Well, what's the strategy? Listen for the voice of God. Listen to what God has to say. Part of my strategy is that I need a relationship with God. I do not simply need to be a church member. I need a personal relationship with God where I am talking to him and he is talking to me. He's going to tell me what to do. And I do what he says do. Just like he says do it. You know, I was even up to 5.30 this morning, 6 o'clock this morning. I'm saying, Lord, why am I talking about success stories? And not feeling like, guess what? I like to type my sermons. This morning, the last part of my sermon is still written down. And I'm like, God, why didn't I... Why couldn't I get myself together to prepare this message? But the last thing I heard was deliver it anyway. And that's what I'm doing. (laughs) Whether I feel prepared or not, I heard the Lord say, you may not be prepared, but I'm prepared. Somebody's going to be blessed through this word today. Somebody needs some encouragement today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody needs some strategies. You know, and you're listening to everybody and everything. Stop. Get quiet. You know what Jesus would do? When he, would, when he was ministering and finished ministering, he'd go off by himself to a solitary place. Sometimes I just come over here to the church. My wife would say, well, you know, I'll be quiet. I'll shut the door. Uh, and I said, no, it's something about getting alone getting in my office, and nobody is here but me and the Lord. Get into a solitary place. Sometimes I just, I just walk. I need to walk. My stomach getting kind of, but I need to walk. 
Y'all need to walk. Let me tell you something. I don't mean any harm, but you got to get up and walk now. You got to press through the pain. Somebody said press through the pain. Yeah. If you can't walk but five steps, walk five steps a day and 10 steps tomorrow, 15 steps the next step. Anyhow, I get, I get out and I walk and I just walk and walk and walk. Sometimes I get on the airplane and I'm flying away. It seems like when that plane takes off, it's like my spirit just settles down. And I realize that I may be going to do mission work, but I'm, God is putting me in a solitary place because when I finish ministering, I'm in that hotel room by myself. And many times, no television. I don't do TV at home much. No TV, no radio, just me and the Lord. So that I can hear God. So that I can be in the presence of God. Because I need to hear what God has to say. I still have questions about things. There are things that I think are not working out the way I think they ought to work out. But I just need to hear God. Let me tell you, there's going to always be times when things are not going to work the way you think they ought to work, but you got to step back and you got to see. God is sustaining me through this. He's sustaining me. He's using me through this. Success stories in the Bible, and I'm done. I know, yeah, I'm done. Helps me keep my focus and keep my trust in the God who is able to deliver me in the midst of all of the things that goes on around me. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Let me tell you something. Unless you're in this word, it is difficult for you to trust in the Lord with all your heart. The enemy has a way of coming at you to take your mind off of the scriptures that you know and you've memorized. So what you got to do? You got to keep this word before you. What did Joshua, what did God say to Joshua? He said, keep this law on your heart. Meditate in it day and night. Do what I've told you to do. So if you're still remembering what you learned in Sunday school, baby, you're in trouble. When was the last time you went to Sunday school? If that's what you're remembering, you can't, can't even quote John 3.16 right. If that's all you got, you're in trouble. And a lot of people in the church are in trouble because they are not in the book. And we, it's easy to say, I know God. I trust God. But I can't trust him if I don't know what he said. I got to know what he said. So that in the time of trouble, Holy Spirit will give me a word to hold on to. Because I've been in the book. He can't bring back to your remembrance what's not there. But when it's there, he can bring it back to your remembrance. I'm going to finish. I, I told you about the time. This is the last thing I'm going to share with you. Last thing. I was in Sierra Leone. 
airplane didn't come. Well, it came, but it didn't let, they didn't let anybody on. They just let people off. We're standing at the gate. I got to get to Liberia because if I miss this plane in my mind, then I have to wait two more days for the next plane to come. That creates a problem for the conference, but it creates a problem for me. Now I got to get a hotel for two days. I got to feed myself for two days, you know, and, and, and monies were not just now when I go on mission fields. Y'all are so good. I thank the Lord for y'all. Y'all just make sure that, that, that I have enough and more. Can somebody say, thank you, Jesus? But back then, it wasn't like that. So I'm thinking, God, what am I going to do? And I'm getting, I'm getting upset. Let me tell you, it's bad to get upset. Tell yourself, it's bad to get upset. How many of y'all like to get upset? Tell the truth and shame the devil. You know you do. You like to fuss. How many of y'all? Well, let me ask you, how many of y'all like to fuss? Now, most men don't like to fuss. But a lot of women just like to fuss. How many of y'all fuss? How many women here fuss? <laughs> just tell the truth and say, because you think your husband ain't never right. Men always wrong. That's the work of the devil. So I'm getting upset. And we go to the, they say, well, go to the travel agent. And I'm at the travel agent. And I'm, I'm, I'm my, my blood wasn't boiling, but you know, that's the phrase. My blood is boiling. I'm raising my voice. And the Holy Spirit said, be still and know that I am God. Thank God for the word. Thank God that I knew the word. And I heard, be still. And I shut my mouth. Walked out of the door and someone said, there's another travel agent around the corner. Go around there and take, talk with them. Went around the corner and talked with them and now found out that there was a flight coming the next day. But if I stayed in that office arguing with those people, I would have missed the person that was coming to give me the message to go around the corner. But I knew the word. Holy Spirit couldn't have told me what I didn't know. Well, he could have told me, but you, you got what I'm saying. He couldn't bring back to my remembrance what wasn't there. Are y'all hearing me? So that experience and so many other experiences caused me to trust God. So now I'm reading about Abraham. 90 years old, God says you're going to have a child. All of these years passed by, I doesn't have a child, but God is a God of his word. Success stories. 99 years old. Hear these old people past child, childbearing years. They ain't thinking about no child. They just thinking about patting each other on the shoulder and say good night. <laughs> Here this woman comes up pregnant. The son of promise. The God who does this. And it goes on, and it gives us all of these accounts that I thought I was going to preach, but I've been up here long enough, so I won't preach them all. But he says himself, time does not permit me. He says himself, he says, time does not permit me to tell you about uh, Gideon and, and, and David and all of these other people who lived by faith and achieved 
and experience success in their lives. All of these people that God has given us the accounts of in the book. If you get into the stories, you're going to find the situation that will speak to your life. Even women who receive their dead back to life. There's some dead situations and circumstances that you've been praying about. The God that we serve is able to give life to it again. Let's stand. Success stories. Success stories. Get in the book. Read the success stories. They'll speak to you. They will encourage you. They'll cause you to maintain your faith in the sovereign God who in his divine providence and divine outworking of things works all things together for good to those who love him and are the called according to his purposes. He does it. He's done it. He's doing it. And he will do it for people who will live by faith, seek to live by faith, get in this book, develop a personal relationship with him, personal, talk to him, let him talk back to you as you read the book. There are different spirits in this world, so be careful now. You need to know your father's voice. You need to know your father's voice. Father, thank you for your word and the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. So thank you for sending your word to us today. And thank you for what your word will accomplish in our lives. We need to see the success stories that you've written about in your word. Holy Spirit, thank you for penning these words for this generation today and tomorrow and generations to come. So we will maintain our faith in you and lead others to know you as Savior and Lord. Now, Lord, if there's any person who does not know your Savior and Lord. I pray that you have already spoken to their hearts. You draw them to confess you today. Whether they're watching us online or here in the sanctuary, there's any backslider, draw them today. Any person that needs to connect with this ministry, draw them today. We thank you now. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So this morning, if there's anybody today, you may be watching us online. Uh, I pray that the word of the Lord has spoken to you. And I pray that the Lord has, has touched you in such a way that such a difference has been made in your life that you will begin to see that difference. Maybe, maybe you have been one of those who just joined the church like you joined an organization and you never considered that you needed to be 
joined to Christ. It's part of his body in the earth realm. And there's no personal relationship with the Lord in your life. You go from day to day and you just live. Whatever comes your way, comes your way. And Sunday morning, you just decide to get up and go to church. And somebody encouraged you and you decide to go to church, but you saw a building and you saw people, but you didn't consider the body of Christ. This is the worship center with the church. Will you connect with Christ and his church today? So if you're not saved, you can pray this prayer with me. If you're led of the Spirit to do so, we don't want to force you. We want to give you the opportunity. Outside of Christ, there is no salvation. There's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. That's Jesus Christ. He is the one who satisfied God's righteous requirement, a law that could not be taken back. When God wrote his law, he couldn't be changed, but God fixed it so that his creation could come to him and be saved through faith in Jesus, who died on the cross, shed his blood to pay that penalty so the sin shall surely die. He did it for you. Once and for all, for everybody in the world, he did it. Now it's left up to us to accept that provision that he has made. Yes, you can live your life without Christ. It's up to you. You're a free moral agent. But there is a life that comes after this life where without Christ, you spend in an eternity in hell's fire and damnation. God wants you not just to be saved for the afterlife, but so that you can get the wisdom and the knowledge and the guidance and the blessings and all of the abundance that he wants to give you in this life in the midst of what you go through. He didn't say, if you get saved, I'm taking away all your trouble. Nope. But he did say he will be with you. Always. Even until the end of the age. So if you're here today and you want to accept Christ, I want you to pray this prayer along with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I can't save myself. I don't have the ability to save myself. But I heard what the preacher said. Even though I don't understand it all, I thank you that you paid the price to satisfy God's righteous requirement on my behalf. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving your life so that I could be saved. So Lord Jesus, come into my life save me from my sin be my savior be my lord I give myself to you thank you for hearing me thank you for saving me I pray that you've been blessed by the message and if you have write to us let us know how this message has impacted your life. 
Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.